Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Blade of the Poisoner by Douglas Hill, adapted by Wally K. Daly, Part 2. After cutting the letter M on my chest with the tainted blade, Prince Meftik went back into the forest with some of the soldiers, leaving Archer, the giant bow woman, and me to be guarded by the remainder. We were taken to their camp in a clearing and chained so we couldn't escape. From where I sat on the ground, I could see the moon through the trees. It was just a thin sliver. And I knew that in four weeks' time, when it was full... The cut that now burned my chest would finish its work, and I would drop down dead. The thought went endlessly round and round in my head, a truth I couldn't escape. In one month I was to die. Gerald. Gerald. Yes? Things are not as bad as they seem. Someone will come for us. Just as I was sent to your aid, others will be sent to ours. What does it matter? I'm going to die in four weeks. No. There is one who can save you. One who has great powers, who will know how to heal the wound of the blade. You mustn't despair. You're just saying that to make me feel better. I'm saying it because it is true. Though certainly it makes me feel better knowing it. Who can help? (laughs) A wizard called Krill. My master... He's a man of great power and goodness. He's devoted his life to a struggle against the evil that overwhelms this world we live in. You mean Prince Meftik? The Poisoner is only one of a number of evil little rulers throughout the world. They themselves are ruled by another, the Evil Master. Those who know and fear him have their own name for him. We call him the Demon Driver. I never knew any of this. And then I think what was done to me, done to my village... You must be strong, Gerald. You've lived in a child's innocence in the sheltering Wellwood, but now there is no more shelter. You must leave this forest, just as you must leave innocence. I'm only a child! Then you must grow up quickly. You've shown strength already. Many in your position might have been driven mad, but now you must show more strength and courage. Be sure you will not be alone. Others will come. You said you were sent to help me. Why? The wizard whom I serve sends me where he wills, does not always give his reasons. That's Krill? Yes. I know he keeps watch when he can on events throughout the world. Perhaps he knew that the poisoner was ordered to destroy your village. But why was the village destroyed in the first place? Why did everyone have to die? I'm not certain, Gerald. But at times, the demon driver has ordered such horrors so as to destroy someone who might come to oppose him. Meanwhile, Krill strives to maintain a fighting force of people like myself. Equally, the enemy strives to find and destroy us. Are those other people giants like you? No. They're like me only because they too have been born with what we call talents. These are very rare and special mental powers. Remember when Meftik first tried to cut you and couldn't? Yes. Talent! Stop her! Stop her! She's turning the blade on me! Knock her unconscious! Quickly! Knock her unconscious! You idiot! Clap her down! The sword is going to cut me! You used magic to stop the sword cutting me? No. I used my talent. 
True magic is only possessed by very rare individuals like Krill and operates in a different way. Whereas talent is the ability of making things work by the mind alone. My talent is the ability to move and control objects simply with mental powers. That's why I can direct my arrows to their targets. And that's how you controlled Meftic's sword blade. Exactly. If they hadn't knocked me out, I would have succeeded in cutting him. Can't you use your talent to free us now? I could unfasten our chains with my talent, but it would not help me to face six armed soldiers bare-handed. But you think this Krill will send other people with talents to help us? Without a doubt. Krill's powers allow him to watch events and sometimes foresee them anywhere in the world. He will know of our situation. He might even come himself, though that would be a great risk for him. The enemy seeks tirelessly to find and destroy him. Is Krill as powerful as the enemy? Probably not. But if he can gather enough talents to aid him... Wait. Ah! Oh, no! Soldiers! I must get away! Oh, let's go and catch her! Never a chance like this every day of the week! No idea. Never seen her before in my life. So beautiful. Lovely, long black hair. Will she be safe? I think she'll be safe enough. By the sounds of it, the help I said would be coming has arrived. The soldier's coming back. He has a knife in his back. Now I understand. If I'm not very much mistaken... A beggar man in a cloak also coming out of the forest. Archer. Scythe. I wondered if it would be you. Was that one of your girlfriends on the horse? A girl, yes. And a friend, yes. But not what you think. Come, Mandra. It's not the same woman, Archer. She's just a girl. And she's blonde. It was the woman in Scarlet on the horse. I imagine all will be explained. This is Lady Mandragorina of Felly Hale, whose friends call her Mandra, and who can make people see whatever she chooses. Their mothers, their wives, or even raven-haired runaways in scarlet gowns on black horses to tempt soldiers into traps. Quite a useful little talent. My lady, Mandragorina, this is Archer, warrior and bow-woman of many talents. Not so many she can avoid being captured, it seems. <sighs> Forgive us for not standing, my lady. A moment while I remove these chains. <sighs> they broke and fell away without you touching them. How did you do that? Practice. The same goes for floating bow and arrows and hunting knife to my hand without touching them. Stand, Gerald. Try to flex your legs, get them moving again. Scythe said you were tall, but... But? You're tall. And this will be the mysterious boy we were sent to save. Correct. Uh, does he always let his mouth hang open in that unsightly way? It's sad that your ladyship's talents do not include good manners. Nice to see you all becoming such good friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is my good friend, Gerald. Hi. This is Scythe. He can see without eyes. Show him what you make do with for eyes, Scythe. A pleasure. They're just black and lifeless. I see in a different way from normal people. Now we should move, before Meftik comes to join the party. He's elsewhere in the forest, seeking other survivors from the village. We had a message that the blade had been used. It has. Open your shirt, Jarrell. Signed with the tainted blade. How long do we have? Four weeks till the full moon. Does it hurt? Just cold and numb, like frostbite. Four weeks is time enough. We can get him to Krill, or get him somewhere safe where Krill can come to us. Let's collect some supplies and be on our way. 
Look, I don't understand why we're doing this. To save Jarl's life. Why else? Oh, of course, but Prince Meftik must kill people all the time. And Krill doesn't always send his talents to help. Why has he done so now? Must be the lad's important, which likely means a talent. So he's probably the one who Meftik was aiming to kill when he wiped out the village. It must be so. And Krill must also have become aware of the young boy's growing talent and sent you to help. But I'm no talent. I haven't got any kind of power or anything. You wouldn't know. Talents don't start to show until the age of 13 or so. Krill can explain it all when we get to him, while he's fixing the wound. Hush! What is it? One of Meftik's monstrous spiders. Spiders? Ah! Giant spiders. One of the seven Black Widows who obey his command. I saw one earlier today, shot at it, but missed. How would you explain that, Scythe? Those things can sense a missile coming at them. At the last second, they leap aside. Is that so? Then perhaps there is a way. Oh, it must mean that the poisoner is coming back. More likely the creature's ranging on its own. Miftik often lets them roam free, and it's fast enough to cover a huge area. Oh, wonderful. What other facts can you terrify us with? Many. The venom of the widows will kill anything. Their jaws are like shears. They can outrun any horse. They can climb anything. Enough. Let us ride. Oh, I'd pay a good price for a brushwood torch. If it was just the widow, I'd agree, for the monsters fear fire. But Meftik may be near enough to see a torch in the forest. I don't need light to see. I'll lead. Just let your horses follow Hob. Whoa, Hob! What is it, Scythe? I've lost track of the sound of the spider. Wait here. I'll go back into the trees a little way to see what's to see. Make sure we're not being followed. Wait here, Hob. Archer, are these widow monsters supernatural? No. They're natural creatures that have been enlarged by magic, Jarrell, not created by magic. So they can be slain by human weapons. Those that hit their target, that is. Archer never missed before. Keep your voices down, or Meftik won't miss us either. Anything? Nothing unusual. But the thing is out there somewhere. The whole forest has gone as still as death. It was the same after the village was destroyed. Let's keep moving. We rode on through the dark of the forest, and every inch of the way my back crawled at the thought of a giant spider on our trail. At least when we could hear them, we knew they were far away, but when they were silent. I remembered the look of them, bigger than fighting dogs, their jaws always on the move, teeth like cutting saws, legs that could outrun a horse. So I kept thinking with terror of one creeping up from behind. But it wasn't. It was waiting silently in a tree above my head. As the horse fell dead, I fell off, and the spider skittered to where I was standing, ready to get me as well. Its fangs were dripping and its bulging eyes held me in their gaze, all ready to leap. Suddenly I felt a red-hot band of fear in my mind, a feeling I'd never known before. And as the spider leapt, flame shot out of the ground between us. As the spider leapt back, both Archer and Scythe fired their weapons in unison. And with a squeal, the creature dropped dead. <sighs> it did not dodge that arrow. No, my blade. We were too close, and it was focused on the fire. So, Gerald is a talent after all. Seems he is. Anything like this happened before, Gerald? No. His talent's just starting to show. But what talent? 
and making fire leap from the ground without even thinking about it. Oh, he's barely old enough. That's so. And no doubt it only showed itself now because he was terrified. Mm. You'll never have felt such fear in that quiet little village, I imagine. I want to be back there. I want to wake up and find this is all a nightmare. I'm afraid that's not possible. It is a nightmare, all right, but a wide-awake one. The talent explains Krill's interest in the lad. A firebrand is quite a power. When he learns to control it, he'll be one of Krill's most valuable weapons. Once Krill deals with the wound, that is. What's happening? When you see a hazy figure dressed in blue, materialising just above your head, plump, balding and with fingers flashing with sapphires, that can only mean one thing. The riddling wizard is coming to call. Indeed I am, sighs. Quiltor Tabatang, a pleasure to meet you, my young man, even in such distressing circumstances. He has a fire talent, Krill. You knew? Why else would I send you to seek him? Why indeed would the enemy send Meftik to destroy his village, unless he sensed a new power about to emerge? We'll never know. If the blade wound kills him in four weeks... Krill, Krill can soon sort that out now he's here. In that you are mistaken, Archer. I cannot deal with the wound. What do you mean you can't deal with it? We promised Jarrell that you'd kill him. I am here in my astral being, as you should have noticed. I would have to be here in my physical body to wield the true magic against the blade. And even then, the blade was tainted by a mighty demonic magic. I might prove unable to overcome it. You can try when we get Gerald to you. That is the difficulty. I have recently moved my residence. The enemy located my previous hiding place and nearly captured me. Where I now live is more than four weeks' journey from here. Even if we ride without pause? I'm afraid so. Can you come to us in person, then? I dare not. Beyond the magical screens of my dwelling, the demon driver would certainly sense the presence of my actual self. His search for me grows ever more powerful and determined. Then you can't help me. I'm going to die. I have not said that, my young friend. But the fact is that I must remain safely hidden away for some time. Can you not use your magic to bring us, old Jarrell, alone to where you are? If I cast a spell to do that, it would make the clearest possible path for the enemy to follow. I am running a grave risk as it is. Every possibility we're coming up with, you're knocking down, Krill. You may not realise it, but in the last year, the demon driver and all his forces have been hugely intensifying their efforts against me and my dwindling band of talents. Dwindling? How do you mean dwindling? Death. Talent after talent has been located by the enemy's evil gaze, and now there are no more. That can't be right. How many left, Krill? I said it, and I meant it. If you three had not saved Gerald, there would be just three. Just us? Correct. Then our way is clear. If the evil one is making a final all-out move against us, there's no point in hiding. Let's strike a blow while we can. What blow? Krill knows. It's what he's been leading up to. Getting us to go after Meftik and his filthy blade. It is true. Gerald's wound would indeed be instantly healed if the tainted blade was destroyed along with the one who wields it. And what happens after that? The future 
is veiled and shadowed for mortal eyes, so very hard to read these days. But there have been signs in wind and flame and the shape of bones. A time of great portent is approaching, and the enemy knows it too, which is the reason he struck so fiercely against me and the talents in my command. And somehow the centre of the portent is linked with Meftik and the tainted blade. But we would need an army to get to Meftik. A few can get farther by stealth than an army can, especially if they muster some very useful skills among them, as we four do. You, you will be helping us, won't you? When I can. But I doubt if this array of talents will need much help from me, at least at the beginning. You must understand, Jarrell. Krill can never run foolish risks. Others will come along after us. But if Krill is taken, there may never be another wizard willing and able to take up the struggle. Do you really think we have a chance? What does it matter? I never expected to reach old age in any case. If we fight, of course, we might just manage to kill Meftik and heal Jarl's wound. And that would please me. Because I hate the poisoner. And I've begun to like the lad. So say we all. Then you should know that Meftik is even now leaving Wellwood on his way back to the capital city, Shigante. To accomplish your task, you will have to penetrate to the very heart of his stronghold there. At least that's the last place the enemy will look for us. And now I leave you, but I will watch over you and help in any way I can. My mind was filled with blank despair. The wizard couldn't help me, and he had been my one hope. I was going to die. Jarl. And every minute that passed, I was going to be thinking of that horrible death that awaited me. Every night, I saw the moon get fuller. Jarl. I looked up and saw that Archer, Scythe, and Mandro were looking at me strangely. It was Mandro who had called, a look of real sadness on her face. I realized there were tears on my cheeks. Without knowing it, I'd been silently crying. Yes? Look at my eyes. Why? Nothing. Let's mount up and be on our way. Climb up on the back of my horse, Jarl. Right. Strange. I was thinking about something, and now it's totally gone. Don't worry about it. When it's time to remember, you'll remember. What did you do? I closed a little doorway in his mind, just enough to hide the bad memories from him. He will forget the curse he's under for the time being. Will you be able to keep it closed? It will be tiring. Still, I can but try. What lands have we reached, Scythe? Called Blackgrass Moor. There's an inn on the trail we should reach by nightfall. If we get that far, look ahead. I see. Hundreds of men in green, spread out and searching. Soldiers of Meftik. That's quite a party. Yes. Now it grows more difficult. The poisonous search for us has begun in earnest. Must have found the bodies of his soldiers. Meftik knows what happened in the Wellwood? Looks that way. Won't he be annoyed at the death of his pet spider? Enough to stop at nothing to find us. We'll be dodging soldiers from now on, and we're only about halfway to the city, with time passing. 
Can we have something to eat now we're stopped? Oh, you're a child of its worries, and its mind turns always to food. <laughs> I'm starving. Let us eat here, then. Down you get, Daryl. <sighs> OK. What can I interest you in? What is it, Archer? Quiet. Just listen. Attack. In the night. Fangs beneath the soldier's hood. Be still. Be still. What's going on, Scythe? Looks as if she's in pain. Archer has a secondary talent. She gets glimpses of future events. Mostly vague and half-formed. But I've never known them to be wrong. Are you okay now, Archer? I'm fine, Gerald. A vision, that's all. The trouble is they're always so confusing. Rarely enough details to know where or when the events will happen. Or what it seems. You talked about fangs beneath a soldier's hood. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out in time, that's for sure. Mm, let's hope you're right. I'm often right. For instance, I'm right when I say it'll rain tonight. So we can stay here and be wet and miserable, or we can seek shelter in the inn I mentioned. It's comfortable and famed for its food and drink and warmth of its welcome. Would it be safe for us? Uh, safer staying out here. Maybe safer. For the place is owned by a warm-hearted lady who I know very well. And who is very fond of me. <laughs> <laughs> what about the soldiers ahead? We'll circle round them. Carver! Oh. <laughs> yeah, meet my friends. Archer, Mandra, and the sleepy-looking one, Jarrod. Hello. Oh, how do you do? You have room for weary travellers? For you and your companions, Carver, always. Good woman. I knew you could be depended on. And I <laughs> knew this was to be my lucky month. And now you've returned to make it so, on top of all the extra business. Uh, will there be any food as well? On the way, my little chap. There's a stew bubbling away on the stove. Go sit yourselves down by the fire and I'll bring it over. <sighs> the place is warm and friendly enough, but is she to be trusted, Scythe? Jariah, with your life, provided she's not crossed, that is. And when she's crossed, the good Lord save you. Here we are. Ah, this'll drive the cold of the moor away. You get weaving, young Gerald. The rest can start when they're served. Thank you, Ron. Now, you next, Carver. Men first. <laughs> you spoke earlier of extra business, my sweet. Have you grown rich since I saw you last? Would you still stay if I had? <laughs> it has been strange indeed, though most welcome. Troop after troop of them hither and yon on the roads, almost drinking me dry. Who, Jariah? Soldiers, dear. Troops of them in those ugly green uniforms of theirs. Searching for some fugitives, they say. So, why are you staring at me? <gasps> Is it you? Carver, are they searching for you? Uh, us. <laughs> Chariah, my lovely. What soldiers want with us? So what are you doing crossing the moor? I'm travelling in company with my good friend Archer here who is serving as warrior escort to these two young people on their way to the northern region. That's right. Um, too dangerous for a young lady, alone except for a boy. Oh, I'm glad, because it would have been terrible. Six soldiers passed earlier and said they'd come back for a drink after dark. Well, speak of the devil. Here they are now, by the sounds of it. No, Archer. 
Put down your bow. Leave it to me. Just close my eyes and... Don't much like the look of this pig pen. Don't much like the look of this pig pen. Uh, Let's move on. Find a better place. Let's move on. Find a better place. Yeah. A better place. Yeah. Let's move on. Pig pen. Did you hear the impertinence of it? Pig pen, indeed. Place is as clean as a palace. How could they say such a thing, Carver? Forget it. <laughs> Who knows how a soldier's mind works, Tariah? It was almost as if they didn't see the room. As if they were as blind as... Well, you know what I mean, Carver. Of course. As blind as me. The cheek <laughs> of those people. Well done, Mandra. Indeed. That is quite a talent. Oh, the young man is heading fast for sleep. We'll get Shirai to sort the rooms out. About ready myself. We'll sleep in our clothes. We might have to move swiftly with soldiers around. Mm, especially if they have fangs, as in Archer's vision. What Scythe said was true. I was nearly falling asleep into my empty bowl. It had been an incredible day. All too much to take in, really. Chariah showed Archer and Mandra to a room with neat twin beds, and then Scythe and I were shown into the room next door. Soon I was having a nightmare. I dreamt I had heard a horrible hissing sound. I'd opened my eyes, and there, swaying at the end of the bed, was a giant serpent. I could clearly see its scaly, muscular length undulating in the moonlight, eyes gleaming, its forked tongue flicking in and out of its mouth, and around its triangular head the flesh had expanded outwards and upwards into a terrible, threatening hood. It was swaying from side to side, all ready to strike me. And then, to my horror, I realised it wasn't a nightmare. I was wide awake. It was real. A giant serpent was about to strike me dead. And then it struck. Take that, you monster! It's all right. It's dead. The body goes on twitching. But with its head chopped off, there's no danger. It was going to strike me, Scythe. But it didn't. Now, come on, move it. We've got to get out of here. Soldiers! Heading for the stairs. Sold us by the guards. She's only gone and sold us. Come quietly. Don't fire, Archer. Soldiers. Maybe a dozen or more. Meftix found us. One of his hooded serpents was on Gerald's bed. So that was the vision. Fangs beneath the hood. But how did he find us here? We were betrayed. Not here, Sarge. Check the woman's room. Archer, brace the door. Yeah. Got it. Amanda, Gerald, gather our things while I get the window open. Oh, oh. Come on. All clear outside. No! A ball of yellow jackets heading for the open window. Get the window closed again, Sarge. They're killers. Too late. Come on. As the door broke, Archer leapt to grab my arm and drag me to the open window. But as I felt her touch, time ceased to be. My mind started to burn as I looked at the ball of winged death now frozen in flight. 
scores of giant insects in a compact ball, each nearly as big as a bird, their stings like long poisonous needles and one sting meaning instant death. Then I saw the hate-filled faces of the half-dozen soldiers frozen at the broken doorway. Once again I knew I surely faced death. If not the insects, the soldiers' crossbows. If I jumped, the insects and soldiers would only follow and even Archer and Scythe were no match for so many. There was no escape, no escape. My mind burned at the thought. Warmth above my eyes swelled rapidly to a raging heat and flame driven by the terror sprang from the floor in front of me, around me, behind me, yellow and strong. Instantly I was surrounded with flame, the room a blazing inferno. Archer had no choice but to jump from the window to escape the intensity of the heat. The insects went mad, broke from the ball and started flying wildly round the room looking for a handy target. While soldiers prepared to fire their crossbows and through it all I heard myself screaming. Save me! Part two of The Blade of the Poisoner by Douglas Hill, adapted by Wally K. Daly, you heard Eric Allen, James Holland, Elizabeth Bell, Ben Onwukwe, Susan Sheridan, James Thomason, Hugh Dixon, Oriel Smith, Nigel Carrington, Charles Millam, and Neil Roberts. Special effects were by Dick Mills and music by Peter Howell of the Radiophonic Workshop. The director was Peter Fozard. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.